0: g'day party people this is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of sheilas i'm your host emma henrihan and along with my trailblazing guests we'll be sharing all of our juicy stories our biggest secrets the what not to do's the lessons we've learnt, or the mistakes and too many times we've been baked stay tuned you're listening to sheilas and shenanigans Welcome to episode three of season two and today I have with me my OG season one host Gabriella Tuma. Hi guys, hi Ems,
1: so so excited to be back on the potty. Super excited for this one as well. It's an honor to have you sis. It's a pleasure, it's been a while. It's been a a long time, it's been what a year almost? It feels like a year.
0: We haven't been on the microphones together since the end of 2020 when we did our last episode of season one. Has
1: it really been that long?
0: Yeah we did like a 2020 wrap-up and we're delusional. I remember it was so late at
1: night. (laughs) So delusional but now Ems is um, doing this one solo. Super excited for her. She's going to be bringing on so many fun guests for you guys. Um, So yeah looking forward to it Ems. Thanks
0: sis. I appreciate it. Couldn't have done it without you. It's so exciting to have you back here today and the reason why I really want to have Gabby back not only because obviously everyone's wondering what she's up to but the main focus today is Gabby's story and the pivot that she has taken, puns intended, all around my little ballerina. Puns intended. (laughs) (laughs) But also since COVID hit, which was a big, we spoke about this a little bit in season one, uh, Gabby's whole industry, everything you'd worked for up until that moment, all of your life's, achievements were just into the kind of put on pause and shut down that's
1: it yeah Yeah.
0: it was a real unknown I would say yeah and you were just sitting in the I don't know what's going to happen and for I suppose we're definitely privileged let's say that we're going to disclaimer that at the start but I feel like with Gabby's industry the unknown was the most out of anything like this I was trying to think about this last night and I'm like unless you were maybe a flight attendant like what other industries were completely shut
1: down and apart like entertainment yep. people were just like there was no going near that especially or travel as well entertainment travel everything mm. was shut down i mean weren't you working at flight center too that was so long
0: ago so, so, so long, long ago <laughs> <laughs> was so long ago gabby up at the time but i feel like in saying that i was like people what if you work at flight center, if you work at as a flight attendant, et cetera, maybe a pilot, yeah, but planes are still going. Like people were still flying. I mean, we
1: had to keep them going to yeah. get people home.
0: And But you, it, yours was the cultivation of everything you'd worked for. So, Gabby, give us a rundown of and tell the listeners what it was that you've worked so hard for you from your whole life since you were 3 years old you had yep. that little broken leg and what was up until that moment and where were you living etc before covid
1: hit so guys just to give you like a little bit of a recap so um when i was younger i used to dance pretty much every single day of the week and my goal was to go to new york to perform when i turned 17 I moved to New York to study musical theatre. And then pretty much from that point on, got a visa to work over there and was working in the industry for around four years. And my goal was to land a job um, regionally or just on Broadway. And I got so, so close, you know, was making all the connections and all the network because that takes up so much time. And then COVID hit. So that sent me home and pretty much the industry just kind of shut down from there. So it took a little bit of time to get it back on its feet so I have decided to you know from that point on I decided to stay in Australia for two years to dabble in the industry to see how I go because things were looking a little bit unpleasant and scary in New York at the time and yeah and that's where I am today so it's been two years and yeah and hasn't it been a journey since it I find been a journey
0: the biggest thing for me and what's so inspiring about Gabby was, I mean, I held a lot of space for your meltdowns in between, which is super valid. I feel like,
1: <laughs> you know, you've got to be there for your, your. Fr- I mean, everyone has those moments in COVID where you just kind of feel like, what am I doing with my life? Is this the right choice? Am I on the right track? And you just kind of start to question life every now and then, mm. which is totally normal because everyone has those days. And so it's really important to, you know, like go to the people that most support you and um, do the same to them. Yeah. and emma was one of them so yeah, yeah. we had some times we that's had for sure. so many times i remember we used to have wednesday meltdown times. wednesday for melt yeah <laughs> like literally every wednesday i would just come to emma and say i don't know if i'm doing this right like i don't know if i'm on the right track and we just have a complete meltdown but it was a hump day hysterics it was it amazing was.
0: yeah i was like on every wednesday on cue yep sweet we're dealing with this today and you're like gabby it's Wednesday. This is normal. <laughs> Come back to me next week. But you did so well. Like, obviously, those
1: first few months were rough. Like, you, I, I feel like for you, it was like yeah. a, uh, a lot of grief. Would yeah, well it's, up. it's scary when you just plan your whole life to do something and then suddenly you're not allowed to do it anymore. It's like, I never thought about this. You know, I never had a backup plan. I never had a plan B. And I think it's so important now that I look back to have that plan B because if you don't have that plan B, then – you don't really know like where your life will take you if something ends up happening that did with COVID, you know? So, Mm.
0: and the thing is, even like though, let's say it was a plan B, Gabby, what you ended up doing and I'd love for you to share more with us, but it it was, it came from all your passions and also all the things you'd learned throughout the process of trying to get on Broadway as your goal. Yeah. So yeah, you, one of the first things I know you lent into was nutrition and that was a lifetime of passion for that, especially with your family. So please share about like how that came up. for
1: So good question, Em. So nutrition kind of sparked my interest when I was over in New York and I was battling like a lot of health issues. Um, I was struggling with anemia at the time and I got to a point where I was just really, really thin because I was kind of being too careful with what I ate. And I think this kind of formed from body dysmorphia, you know, how I looked in the room compared to other performers, they looked skinny and I just assumed, you know, um, they wanted to hire people who looked tiny and I tried to make myself look like that and ended up struggling with really bad body dysmorphia, um, I was controlling calories like no other and wasn't actually consuming enough to fuel my body, which I think is so important. So came back home. Um, Obviously I had recovered from this, like when I was doing my shows over there um, and came back home and decided, you know what, I'm just going to go all in, study nutrition, start learning about, you know, what, what I need, what everyone else needs as well. And it has become one of the biggest passions that I've come across and um, yeah so ended up getting a nutrition certification and now um, help dancers to achieve their goals um, and just give helpful nutrition advice to those who you know kind of want to ask for it and need it mm. So yeah
0: and that's a big one for me like I feel so passionately about when you were younger and watching
1: you like you were exercising so much so much to um, a point to a point where like it wasn't healthy guys like there is a certain point where you know you really just need those rest days for your body and like not every day is going to be a good day to act like to be active and especially hormone control as well like women especially like there are certain days throughout our cycle where we shouldn't be training because of our hormones and then days where we should be training so like working on a completely different body clock to men, for example. Um, So yeah, it's still learning so, so much, obviously, because science is forever changing, but it has honestly changed my thought process so, so much. So if anyone is struggling with like mental health um, order with like eating and like body dysmorphia, would love to help you out. Please message me because I am certified in nutrition.
0: Yeah, let's like talk about that a little bit more as to why it's so it's such a passion for you as well. I feel like yeah. as as when I saw you as a dancer and you were so young and it was concerning. Like as a family member, you're looking at Gabby and she's just so thin and she's. 15 years old, I think I remember coming around to the house, 15 or 16, and you were already so concerned about what you were eating. And I remember you told me that at 12 years old, you were told not to eat gluten. Carbs. No, carbs. It was just yeah. carbs. So Straight up carbs. So vegetables, had, was
1: nothing. I had a crazy ballet teacher, guys. And if for those of you who have done ballet previously, you know, like you have to be super stick thin to be in a ballet company or they want you to be like that. And they- you know like they they didn't see it any other way so I pretty much got told what to eat car- not to eat carbs and at 12 I was just like you know what are carbs I have no idea because no 12 year old really does um, I'm still figuring it out <laughs> yeah it's confusing but yeah it was just that was kind of like the first time when I was like oh I'm not thin enough like to achieve my goal and it's also people who were telling you this
0: I asked you I'm like had no nutrition no advice nu- whatsoever yeah which they is didn't so even incorrect. know what a carb was they assumed it was
1: just bread and like you're going to the bakery and that's the thing hey like I, I definitely don't take advice from people that aren't certified at what they do like even Instagram influencers for example you see people in the day of the, in the day in the life of like what they eat what they do and what they recommend but they're really not accredited to give you advice if they don't have the certifications for it so don't don't listen to that kind of um, information.
0: But unfortunately we have like, and my mum went through this when she was a semi-professional triathlete. Yeah, uh, We have people who are coaches, yep. especially back in the day. Yep. And more so maybe now it's easier because online, et cetera, you're able to get these certifications, but they yep. would be telling people what to eat and controlling that side of them. And then thinking that that would give them a better outcome performance wise yep. or for you aesthetics wise. And I think that that's just so
1: dangerous. Like It is so dangerous. And like it, there it's your, our bodies are so, so complicated as well. And especially if you're training all the time, like I didn't realize when I was younger, but I was training like an elite athlete and that is a category that I never thought I would put myself into, but I really needed to be, needed to be fueling my bodies, my body accordingly and fit, fueling at the right kinds of nutrition. And for those of you who don't know, like obviously you've got your carbs, your proteins and your fats, but there are different stages throughout um, your training when you need to be consuming those food groups. And like nutrition has just taught me so much about how to fuel my body and how many nutrients I actually really need to be eating. Like I feel like the more you know about nutrition, the more you know about how to actually fuel your body and how much you really need to be eating.
0: And do you think that this passion for you, like, I know, it, I hear it, yep. comes from, like, you having the opposite guidance? Like, you were told to restrict your meals. And I was, you're the biggest absolutely. person to say to me, you're like, you need to eat more, you need to eat more, you're, like, if you're training this hard. Like, you're such an advocate for women, yeah. especially eating more, especially if they're training. And, like, this was something that you were really – it was neglection. Like, you were totally – you was, you were neglected. yeah. Yeah during yep. that process and like and it took a toll on your body at the time but not only really that but then I looked at you when I went to New York and saw you and you were just absolutely like tiny and absolutely. people were then abusing you being like you got anorexia you got these things and you're like I don't know what's going on but your body then turned on you and wasn't even letting you put on weight. Exactly so- and there's
1: like a whole bunch of factors that go into it like hormones which can implement um fat loss or like weight loss um or even weight gain and fat gain and sometimes you don't understand what's happening and that's just a hormone control and sometimes and that's why we're all different because our hormones um are all quite different to each other's and we might react to foods differently to each other so it's really about you know testing the waters and what works for you what doesn't work for you maybe chatting to someone with um that that advice that is you know certified too um but definitely M. so I, I wasn't at that stage like I think that was a huge turning point for me when I like woke up one day and I was like wow like what am I doing you know I wasn't booking any shows um I wasn't really going anywhere I was just kind of falling down the drain even though I thought I was going on the right track it was act, I was actually spiraling downwards and from that point on I just you know went I need to start educating myself and started learning so much about nutrition and how to fuel my body and what to do. And that's actually the, that was the turning point of when I became interested in nutrition.
0: Mm. It's something that, like I said in the last episode about feelings and Everyone having them. It's like food. Everyone has to eat it. Why absolutely. is this not in the school program? I mean, yep. we have bare minimum basics, but like it's something that I believe that like if we can educate and empower people, yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's gonna be such a turning point in their life. Because people are still trying to figure out you see women and the way they speak about it, it just drives me insane. Like, oh I've eaten so much today, like this guilt, the guilt factor yeah, comes that guilt in. factor. And then they just yeah, it's horrible. Then I'm unable to process or eat anyway.
1: Eating a pizza, like eating nachos, having tacos, going to Mexican like you shouldn't be restricting your food at any point because at the end of the day, like everything's good to you at one point, you know, like everything has the nutrients that it needs and you might as well just fuel fuel your body in what you feel. Otherwise you're still going to be craving it at the end of the day. So you might as well just eat it.
0: Mm, Having not only missed out on nutritional information and education, Given mm. what you were doing on a daily basis, being a semi professional athlete. Yep. Um, how do you feel? Like is it what what's the feeling comes up that you missed out on that?
1: But not only missed out, I guess, but you yep. were told the wrong information. The wrong information, like not to eat carbs. Like carbs are the primary source. I wish someone actually told me to eat more carbs is what I wish they did. Because when you're so so active, your body burns through carbs first. It's like it fuels your muscle stores. And your glycemic index and that's the thing that it firstly uses so athletes actually need to be consuming more carbohydrates because it actually fuels our body properly and it's the first type of fuel that we use we then go to fuel um, fats is the second source or fat from your body which is why you need that subcutaneous fat and if you have visceral fat it also takes it from that as well even though that's not recommended but it then takes it from that subcutaneous fat. And then you also need to be consuming the right amount of protein in order to keep your muscle. So when I was really thin, for example, I wasn't actually consuming the right amount of protein. I was probably having like 50, 60 grams, which wasn't actually enough for what I was doing. Because when you're super, super active, your body needs to pull energy stores from something. So when you're really thin, it obviously pulls it from your muscle stores, which is protein. So it actually takes it from that source which is why we need to be consuming a certain amount of protein each each day and recommended by the Australian guidelines it's 0.8 per um per pound so or you could go kilogram times two so I'm like 62 kilograms you times that by two it's what I'm so bad at math
0: 122 124 yeah not keeping
1: uh, up clearly (laughs) not a mathematician 124 grams of protein that's Mm. just the minimum amount I should be consuming each day in order to keep my muscle mass, Yeah, for example, especially when you're training because your body needs more energy. Yeah, this is not what women are being told. No, and that's just basic stuff. Everything that I've just explained then is like super, super basic, which is what we should have been taught at school, not that reverse pyramid stuff.
0: Well, I guess it's like, for me, I feel- it's hard to trust what anyone tells me to put in my body yeah. Um, because I guess you just heard over the years, like so many things that are either very restricted or like, it's just, everyone has their own opinion on it. And so many people, yeah. I guess you were told by like a coach or something when you were younger, like you obviously were, but I was as well, like how to do it. And then it went wrong. And then I just lose faith in it. And I'm yeah. like, I feel like the one thing we're not doing enough of, and I said this to you the other day, like, We just need to be able to listen to our own body and our own intuition. You definitely do. And and your hunger
1: cues too, like, which I definitely agree with. Um, Like learning to eat when you're hungry is all part of hormone control, like, and your metabolism as well. That's how you kickstart your metabolism. Like fasting, for example, the people that you see that fast from, you know, 12 p.m. or 1 p.m. and then eat until 8 p.m. All that is, is just a calorie control you could still be consuming the the same amount of calories from, you know, three o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And it will not make a difference. If you're burning the same amount, it's not going to do any difference to you. It's just different, different types of diets work for different people. And that's why there are so many different types of diets because it caters to different people. And some people might actually find it easier. Some people might find it harder. It just really is dependent on the person. So absolutely like don't just listen to that single person that tells you what to do see what works for you and then go with that
0: Mm. what do you reckon you would tell your 15 year old self if you could go back about this particular topic because it's obviously so passionate about it and it was had a huge detriment to your life but now it's coming back as a massive positive
1: um I would say don't consume as much processed sugar have more good carbs like a lot more good carbs and a lot of protein as well and just like a nice easy balanced diet you know good fats in there too yeah and that's pretty much all I would say like don't over complicate it. it doesn't need to be complicated um and don't be afraid to just eat any food you feel like as well yeah I mean
0: it, it's crazy because it's like I guess given society and food being such a vice and so many options these days like you go to the store and the health food section is fucking tiny it is tiny Tiny. and then even in that health food section you look at the back of the packets and you're like this isn't actually healthy this is actually actually put in this health food section exactly
1: exactly when it's got like you know 16 grams of sugar and like two grams of fiber one Mm -hmm. gram of protein like you know just i definitely agree like you might as well just stick to whole foods like if you're really uncertain stick to whole foods rather than processed foods because and eat till you're satisfied and full don't Mm -hmm. ever you know get to that starting point you don't ever want to be under consuming calories because it will come back to bite you Mm -hmm. when you under consume calories your metabolism then slows down as a result and then you're not actually burning the amount that you should be you might as well just eat what your body needs to eat Mm -hmm. so i find it would be so hard to be a parent these days Oh, absolutely.
0: I wouldn't, I'd leave them outside of Coles and Woolworths. Kids kids know so much.
1: Like, it's so shocking. Like, kids know so much about nutrition and they know, like, what carbs are, what fiber is, what protein is, what fats are. I'm like, I didn't know that as a kid. Really?
0: I feel like I'm coming from, like, the opposite of, like, we it's it's sort of i'm surprised to hear this firstly yeah um, but i feel like that everything has this beautiful colored packaging on it and it's yeah. just everywhere and like as a parent i wouldn't want my kid to have that and then it's like you know you, they go to parties and they'd have to have it and like I'd, I'd, yeah. and then you would want to be educating them on like okay sweet this isn't good for you but also not shaming them as to you can't have that and so that they end up with that restriction because so many girls get
1: that in their head. Yeah exactly everything in moderation too like that's the thing. Um, Speaking of nutrition guys I have a sneaky little surprise Um, I'm actually (laughs) teaming up with Blue Dinosaur Bars I'm working in partnership with them and they are like a protein bar that is fully natural, you know, they're filled with dates, egg whites is their base protein. Um, they've got all these other natural sweeteners like maple syrup. Um, there's different flavors like cacao, there's coffee, you can get peanut butter ones and it's all natural food products. And they have given me a discount code for you guys, which you can get 15% off on. And my discount code is Gabriella T. 15 so if you guys need that it'll be posted on the Instagram page for you as well I'll put it in the show notes and Gabby like has literally this is on Gabby's vision board to
0: work with blue dinosaurs Honestly, guys, when was. we were doing this podcast in season one so I'm just having such a like laugh at this little plug but also just so proud so having a little proud
1: moment because <laughs> she put it on her vision board and she it made actually it was on my vision board I've just been been speaking to Emma about this for like the last two years I want to say since we started this podcast Emma was like what do you want to happen? What is on your vision board? And I said, oh, you know what? I would really love to like work with blue dinosaur bars. Yeah. They're like my favorite kind of protein bar. And yeah, it finally happened guys. goes to
0: show if you make your goals, put them on the vision board, make them happen, Honestly, get clear. Manifest. And also not even that you wouldn't actually email them. So in saying that this is like a good thing to answer, like snacking as a kid, it would be so hard when they go into school. Absolutely. And this would be like the perfect solution. The the because solution. I know that you do the Keeps you biggest full. background check on absolutely everything. So Gabby has now been able to partnership with
1: them and work with them and I'm just, oh my God, I'm having the biggest laugh at the right <laughs> 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 They are amazing though, guys. If you haven't tried them, they're pretty much in every store. Go to Coles, I think they're there as well, um, in the pharmacies. Um, they're just a really, really clean product. If you're looking for a protein bar that is clean, hasn't got all the nasties in it, they're my top ones to go to. So
0: yeah, try the code. Nice, big very proud of you sis i can't believe that actually come comes to life when gabby (laughs) told me the other night at dinner i was like oh my god this is on your vision board this is actually happening super crazy yeah so let's move on to talk about the other things that you've been working on alongside obviously wanting to help and give back to, I guess, your 15-year-old self and, like, the younger girl and the girls in the industry that are performing, they're doing the dancing and you can give them that nutrition advice. Um, What else are you doing in that and have done in this past, since COVID, that's, like, lent into that industry but being able to use your skills, your talents, like, all of your expertise to then, like, create a job out of it because the other stuff wasn't happening at the time.
1: So I started getting into judging in the States. I was judging for the World Dance. Championships and Star Power USA which is like the top company of judging in the world and a top dance competition. Um, Then when I came back to Australia and the dancing kind of came back alive again I got into judging and have been judging nationally and regionally around Australia for many many different dance competitions. Um, So yeah it's been pretty amazing to be able to give that advice to young dancers on you know how to perfect their performance for the stage um and since doing so um and enjoying teaching as well alongside that I've kind of combined like an online platform for where kids can you know make make a purchase um to receive critiques for the stage and like how to perfect their performance so before hopping on stage yeah before hopping on stage yeah Yeah, like a pre pre pre-critique kind of platform.
0: And were other people doing that? Was that like a thing you'd seen before? No,
1: so It's not a thing yet, guys. Um It's called yourjudgingcoach.com if you're interested. Give it a little browse and see what you like. Um, but it's where you can like, you know, submit your routines in order to receive feedback from a judge and what your base score will be and, you know, how to hack the judging system too. So yeah, it's good little advice for the young dancers out there who are, you know, kind of, first time is, or while you keep going and you're just not quite getting the results that you want, I definitely recommend it because it'll really, you know, give you the advice that you need for the stage. How do you do the
0: judging? Like in my head just then, I'm thinking, I'm like, I would be such a pushover. I'd see these like <laughs> cute little girls in their little outfits, mini Gabriella. That's all you I've really seen. You like, like oh.
1: you give them so many compliments though. Like, especially young ones, like if they come out on stage and unit, they're in like a novelty section and they've got like the funny costume on. Um, it's definitely a laugh. Like through the mic, I'll definitely laugh quite a bit if, if something is quite funny. Um, especially the young ones, like harder to watch because they're just so cute. Like on the stage. Um, but yeah i it's it's definitely like a thing that i think is is great for the kids to you know um, improve on
0: yeah i yeah. mean it's like you can probably see like how can i help them in their career it's yep. going to be
1: giving them the truth bombs
0: now in definitely the kindest way possible but how, but in the now, I'd be like, you know, I, you know, when you watch the shows and it's like Australia's yep. next top, whatever it is, like, yep. yeah, all those ones, it's like, how how do they give the criticism? It seems so hard, but I feel like it's like you know that as someone who's like I semi-made it, yeah, and we'll come back to the fact that you have made it now, um, but <laughs> it's in the period of um that, that you know that it's for their best interest.
1: Yeah. So um, it's hard because you're critiqued on so many different, Types of skills for the stage. Um, One of my biggest ones to help with is technique. So I come from a really big ballet background where technique is like the thing you need to get on stage and it always saves you in the end. So usually my critiques are always like, you know, make sure you're really turning out your leg or using more plie in your jump. Make sure your hips are not flipping up too much. Like, so it's really getting on the technical side. Performance side is like a little bit more trickier because you can't exactly teach someone how to perform unless they say, you know, like really feel the music. I know that sounds so lame, but it's true. Though. It's so true. It's like true. if you're in a lyrical, for example, and the song – Sounds happy, but the lyrics are really sad, and you're smiling. Like that's not exactly performing to the music, you know. Like which I see quite often. Like kids are smiling, and the song's about death, and it's like <laughs> they're
0: not <laughs> you've quite embodying it. Not quite. Make sure.
1: I just yeah, I kind of question. I'm like, has your teacher told you the lyrics of this song, or <laughs> does it just sound happy in your head?
0: Oh, I, I feel like you're such a little entrepreneur. Like no matter what you have been throwing this past two years like especially since COVID like you have made the most out of it like yep. you've grabbed those lemons and made lemonade and it's just been oh. it's so inspiring especially Thanks. like when I saw the judging thing come out and that's some work that you were getting and I'm sure that it wasn't like your first choice in what you were doing for work but like it, you started to just make the most of it and then be like oh cool how can I actually like it helped little
1: girls on my own before they hit the stage and they actually judge. you know there's someone else there's something super super rewarding about judging which is why I love it like at the end of the day you know it's a great job because you feel like you're walking away having helped not only one person on that stage but mm. many many performers and that's yeah. like the best thing ever like and that's why I am a dance teacher I am a Pilates instructor I am a dance judge because I feel like in a way i'm helping people feel good about themselves and helping them achieve their goals mm. and the little progress to get there and all of that combined when yep. you've got like the improving of
0: their muscles through exactly yeah marks, exactly. and then yeah you're taking it into like actually being able to give them that feedback like it's yep. it's so amazing because this is something i said to you Even at the start of COVID, I was like, I can so see you working with kids. And I was only around nutrition. I didn't realise the other skills and everything that was going to add up. But like just being able to give back to everything that you might have missed out on or been told maybe the wrong thing or didn't have the right support around when you were younger and just seriously non-stop training to get to where you are today I was like I can so see you using all your skills and being able to give back and this is exactly what you're doing now and you've made the most of that in the last two years and it's so inspiring oh thanks Sam yeah because you've just lent in like you, you have made such a positive attitude around everything that you can do
1: instead of focusing on what you couldn't exactly and I think that's um firstly thank you that's really sweet <laughs> Um, I think like when you feel so passionate about something and it doesn't quite work out, don't stress. I know that sounds so wrong to say, but there's a million other types of jobs in your interest out there. You just probably don't know it yet. Mm. And it's about finding where that passion lies. Like I always feel too like I'm passionate about different things at different stages of my life. Like right now nutrition is my passion you know, and the next thing might be fitness, which it like still is, but you'll fall in and out of love with different subjects and different um, career choices, which is completely normal.
0: So normal. We don't normalize it enough. And I feel you like don't. those two things that they have such beautiful foundations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you can now those foundations, you can do anything. And that is the hardest thing with tax time because <laughs> the tax accountants go, also like what's your job at the moment and you're like well I do this but I also do this and then I do this as well but I also do this and it's like how can you really categorize someone into one particular subject you can't because mm. doing they like different things and that should also be catered for it's so true We're talking about this in the last episode
0: um and how you know get kids in school and like you can choose one thing, what do you want to be? And it's like I know, you, what a fucking chance is that happening? Like I <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Firstly, when you turn eighteen, you don't even know yourself. Someone else has you been don't. making all your decisions for you your whole entire life. Like yeah. I feel like you probably knew yourself the most. And even then you hadn't got to like the foundations. Like we're only starting to do it now. Exactly. And that's just completely normal. Like, and you need to get yeah. to know yourself, exactly. have your own life experiences yep. without somebody micromanaging you. Yeah. And then it's like we just put so much pressure on people to go into uni let's say let's take yeah, that exactly. they get a massive hex debt and then that hex debt is now or like whatever type of university help you get wherever in the world you are that it's almost the guilt trip that should keep you there like I had yeah. yesterday um I'm not doing like law anymore but and you were studying law out of interest because of interest. you wanted to help people 100. and it came definitely from a place of like defensiveness like it was like okay, I've had all these things happen to me like yep. where I felt like I needed to defend myself and know the law. Exactly. And yep. I want to be able to never feel powerless in that place again. So I'm going to study that. And also I think I've gained a lot when I was in 2016 living in America. I was like, I was so intrigued by the election that was going on there. And I was like, that led me as well into the interest. But yeah, when I was studying more, I found I'm like, oh, I'm leaning more towards sociology, philosophy, etc. And then I was like, I'm actually in right now in the next 10 years, never going to be someone who sits at like a desk for 12 hours a day and is studying law and doing that for somebody else. Like it's never going to happen. And so I was burning myself out in the process because I was already halfway through, had built up again, that big hex debt. And it was coming from a place of like guilt and also ego wanting to achieve that say that um, postgraduate degree. already had my undergrad. Got to get my postgrad because my bro- twin brothers. He's got a postgrad, so I need Your to also comparing myself to people that yeah. like you
1: know, and everyone's on their own journey as well, and like going back to, you know, you, you find different passions at different stages of your life. Like even you, for example, like you've found that you're actually passionate about something completely different to what you thought you would be. Mm. And that's totally normal. Like, mm. and I think we under normalize it. Is that even a word? Under normalize We're, we're going to make it a word. <laughs> it <is> now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you only learn that through experience. Exactly. So like through the experience of like learning to love your judging, you're like, how can I, and you've learned to be able to answer that today of like, This is actually why I love it because through actually going there, taking on that job that maybe in the first place I wouldn't have because you were on Broadway, like trying to get on Broadway doing all of those performances, you didn't have the space for it. You're like, oh. I'm actually helping so many people. I can see the, all these little girls leave at the end of the day and I have helped them in their career or yeah. helped them feel better about themselves or like have given them something to take away and go work on this week. And that's yeah. so powerful, but you only learn that through experience. Exactly. And so, yeah, I feel like we you're going to have all these things throughout your life. And I feel like both of us are like, we we want to do so many things that it's yeah. hard to like come back and come into it, but and then you only learn through experience. So with you, you also similar to when I was doing law, you did your real estate course.
1: Yeah, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> I like this was the point where, you know, I came home, we had to quarantine at home for 14 days and I was like, I don't know what it is, but I just really wanted to like study something. Felt like, you know, I haven't had my head in the books since school felt like you know I really needed to study something and I really wanted to educate myself and my family come from like a really big uh real estate background like my auntie Em's mom also is a real estate agent and I was like you know what I kind of want to learn about this in the housing market just did it purely out of interest and then ended up getting into real estate and became a real estate agent and sold a property sold a property
0: (laughs) bing bang boom she did it but I think you do realize as well in that process you're like you learn so many things. So you, yeah. you're able to tell me, you're like, this is how much I need for my deposit on a place. And this is, you've got a plan in oh, place, yeah. right? And a goals in place because of, I would say, what you learnt during that time. Yeah. Which was an investment. Like, Absolutely. It cost money to get that course. It did. And it was like,
1: you were there hustling so and going to those dollars. apartments,
0: which are completely... You know, you're not getting paid for that. Was I getting
1: paid during the weekends? You know, um, was helping out at open homes just to gain that experience? Like, you sacrifice a lot of time when it comes to doing something that you want to do for your career.
0: Yeah. And I don't think, I think that the best thing you can do from that is walk away knowing that... You something. I've learned something, yeah. but I don't have to make it my career. You don't. Absolutely not. Yeah, without the guilt, without the shame. And, like, I don't think that that happens enough. Like, so many conversations I still hear are wrapped around, like, similarly to, I suppose, my situation with law. Like, oh, wouldn't you just, like, go back and finish it? Like, wouldn't you just, just, just but finish that's the thing it because with... you just, you know, just needed to because that will make me feel more comfortable you hearing your situation. And I'm like why? Like I'm happy with the, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. Like why does it bother you?
1: And that's the thing too, especially with law, like you can kind of do that at any stage of your life. It's like, you've pretty much chosen the subject. Like if you especially want to pace yourself out, like I know a lot of people that study law and they come back four or five years later and they finish their degree and they're just killing it. Absolutely, yeah. because do I've gained that life it. experience. Mm. They have gained connections with people. They've probably gone and worked for a law firm or worked for something quite similar and then finished it and absolutely had sent it like with their with their work career. Mm. And well, with me, you get 10
0: years, right? Like you get 10 years from like the last time you were studying. So like oh, that's in 10 years time, sure, that might suit my agenda so much. Absolutely. And same with you, like you still get your real estate course. Like you still got Yeah, yeah that you just have to like renew it
1: um, and keep, on that learning, um, learning curve as that well. You need, to, yeah, basically yeah. with
0: what I do, with need like to keep the, updated with, with the The marriage celebrancy thing—it's like they just make you sort of show that you still haven't lost half your brain and been in a coma yep. in the process. Yeah. Yep. So it's like you still have these things, and I feel like with you and like even going like you could do all these things that you've done in the last two years. Obviously, you're gonna gain so much experience. Like whether it's like your body, you've been able to feel your body and you look fucking incredible, but you feel incredible. <laughs> yes. Whereas at the start of the pandemic, even like you were having a lot of health issues. Like I, we rode in an ambulance together. I know stage. guys, I had,
1: a, I had a procedure done, which was like hereditary pretty much. Um, my dad had the same procedure and which is like, you know, quite normal, especially with families. And it just got to a point where like I had to get something removed from inside me and like, which is considered to be like one of the most painful um, procedures, like even more painful than pregnancy is what they say. And yeah. I was bedridden, guys, for so, so long. And then Emma came around to my house because I literally was on the floor, called triple zero, I was about to say 911, <laughs> not in America, <laughs> not anymore. called triple zero, and then Emma came around to make sure I was okay, helped me go to the hospital. Um, I mean, like, you just have to also be prepared for stuff like that too. Like, everyone's different, you know. Um, because our bodies are so different too Mm, so but you've come
0: so far since that and that's I believe so much dedicated to the courses you've taken up the investments you've made like I've made investments in my health you've made investments in your education to then contribute to your health like so Uh you like you're learning about your nutrition you're learning about like everything like how to better train your body so you can remain especially like when you're being a performer, that has a, we – let's talk about that. That has an expiry date at some oh, point.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean people say when they hit, you know, 32, that's like pretty much it for them. Everyone's different. though. I know people who retired at like 28, 29, especially for females. Um, And yeah, you pretty much just don't know. So like you have to keep up that training, absolutely. And my training is so different to com- compared to how I used to train when I was 16. You know, when I was 16, I used to train – Crazy hours a week dancing. And now I'm like predominantly doing Pilates and at the gym, like lifting weights, because that's what helps keep my muscle mass and helps me keep strong for what I need to do. So, yeah. and yeah, you're looking definitely. at longevity. Like, if you look exactly. at anything like
0: that, like 29 to 32 isn't a bunch of difference, but you want to be going till you're like, okay, the goal is if 32. Yeah, I'm like thinking 38, but you know I'm not (laughs) in the industry at all. But it's one of those things where it's (laughs) like, even if you get to 36, it's all about longevity, exactly. And how you're gonna remain in the best way possible, yeah, and feel the best throughout that process because you don't want to be leaving something earlier, especially when you've been working on it your whole life. But I feel like that was the blessing. that Gabby and I would have these conversations, and I'm like, babe, basically, if yes, you're 23, you were 23 when you came back. Yeah, yeah, you're 23. I think I was, yeah, I was twenty three. Yeah, and I was, was like, you, I'm like, you may as well learn to pivot now with the industry and learn um, all these other things because at the end of the day, let's take you thirty two or you're thirty six. When you do leave that industry, you were going to have to learn that lesson in that way. Yeah, you're not going to be a lawyer or, or anything like that where they can just continue until they retire. Mm. Unfortunately, the industry you're in did have this expiry date. Either way, yeah, so exactly. for you to learn to have pivoted from twenty three to twenty five and have all of these certifications, all of these other experiences that you can offer and make money with and like that you absolutely have fallen in love with and you are now I believe so much more hireable because you've got and valuable because you've got all this experience. Like you can then teach people around you like I would want you you. in my performance because it's like such a team-based thing and you're a good team player because you have something to contribute And I'm like, I believe that it was such a blessing for you to have to learn it the harder way at 23 and have that ripped out from you. Then later on when you like have less desire and energy, you're so full of energy in the weirdest way possible. My little sloth friend. (laughs)
1: Like honestly, like COVID was in a way such a blessing for me to like develop new skills. And I think for all of us in a way, um, it really tested us. A lot and it tested me so much to the point where i was like and i'm like not a huge believer in just like wasting time either like when i'm when i've got time i like to spend it and like do something with it um whether whether it be learning a new skill doing something active going outside going for a walk getting coffee with friends you know like doing something valuable making a tiktok making t- <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time during covid making tiktok, TikTok <laughs> saved me so much um but yeah like just Learning how to use my time yeah pretty much
0: saved me. And I that's I think one of the most inspiring things about you, Gabby, I reckon that it's you're you hustle so hard. Oh, and I can thanks, see your girl. boyfriend sees that in you at the moment. And we're like, okay, cool. You're just, you know, you're you're messaging Blue Blue Dinosaur, asking for that partnership. Like you're a go-getter. I think and like, you've made your shit happen.
1: Thanks, Sims. Um and I, th- to the people that think things get handed to you as well. Like I used to think that when I was like young and naive, still am young, a bit naive at times. Um, some lessons. <laughs> 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 Um, but like nothing really gets handed to you. You really have to put in the work to get something. And, you know, to the people that have really done what you aspire to be like, like they've hustled and they've have grinded and they've they've had people that have said no and like go away like if you keep going I mean don't hassle them but like if you keep going after your goals eventually it'll come true and it'll happen
0: yeah and you did like yeah in the one section it's like disclaimer Gabby and I come from very privileged backgrounds yeah Yeah, absolutely but in saying that like I went over and was with gabby when she was in new york and your whole time you were there was basically just the epitome of rejection oh and, yeah and absolutely then going and sitting in that sh- like that rejection oh, yeah and being able to get the fuck up the next day at 5 a.m yeah. and go back to a
1: new place to possibly oh, get rejected i don't <laughs> miss it though like guys auditioning in new york used to be hell like you had to get up at five o'clock in the in the morning In the winter, because that's when audition season is. So we're talking like negative 14 degrees outside, lining up in a queue at five o'clock in the morning to sign your name up on a list to maybe be seen. You then had to wait in a room for like eight hours. And then after that, they either go through your headshot and decide whether or not they want you or they don't based on your headshot and your height or if they like you in the room, it depends. Mm. So yeah, and you would always, like Gabby would
0: always get down to the last few people and then- get rejected in like that last um cut i would say yeah and i'm like you'd come out and i remember one time i was with you and i was like babe that is purely based on what you look like which is completely out of your control yeah, absolutely because true. all of you would be surely out of hundreds and hundreds of people that have applied that day yes. all of you would be around equivalent like a talent and, but based on, okay, the perfect fit in this show that we're replacing, oh, that person, absolutely. the height difference compared to the guy you'll be with, like, that is purely based on what you look like. So exactly. you're getting rejected on something that you're completely powerless
1: of con- again yeah, and again. Get, that's not in my control. And that's, yes. like, the thing. Like, you can't take it so personally when it's in situations like that, especially for, like, dance and, you know, performing aspects because – it sometimes is also based off, you know, the males and if they're tall enough to partner with you or your type of look for the show, you know, like it does, unfortunately it does come down to, that does come down to your height and ethnicity.
0: Yeah. So, and how yeah. would you say that, like, I know how it does in of many ways. Like I feel like this, this whole concept that you have of not wasting time, yeah, um, would come from the fact that you spent days and days on end in a room waiting to be seen, sometimes not even getting seen. And it's like, so you've just sat in time and been like, okay, that was my day, cool. So I'm never going to wait. When I get the opportunity to have it to myself, I'm never going to waste it. I feel like hustle-wise, it's you've had this hustle that's come from living in New York City where you walk around everywhere. Like, you're just on the Literally, go 24-7. Yeah, so true. Like, I yeah. mean, you
1: lived in that lifestyle for a little bit too. Like, you know, we don't really... You don't get a chance to just, I mean, you, 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 when you're sleeping, that is your break time. Apart from that, you know, you're out, you're walking to get groceries, you're walking home to get groceries, mm. you're walking to the public transport to the subway where, you know, you have to wait in line or, you know, yeah. it's quite, it's, it's so much effort to live in a big city because it's, everyone is trying to hustle. Everyone is trying to get that job. Yeah. So it's just like you against the world. Yeah. It feels like it. And you don't even have the comfort of
0: like your own car. Nothing. Those little comforts in little times you get that little bit of rest when you're yeah. sitting in a traffic light. Like I can just drag myself at.
1: home. Yeah. Like, no.
0: You you're, like, walk. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the subway with yeah. hundreds of other people. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like. How
1: do you think that that's contributed to the your resilience? Oh, I like coming back home. Like the Gold Coast is slow, guys. Like we live in such a chill neighborhood and a chill. Um little town I want to say it's not really quite a city it's like like a coastal town um and it's so chill here and it's just completely opposite but it's also taught me how to have that like balanced lifestyle at the same time so you know I do value the times when you know I just want to take the day for myself and I just want to go like for a walk by myself or just go down on the beach and just go for a stroll or just chill and relax and watch Netflix because like I know I say no time wasted, but you also need to value that time and take that time into consideration to help yourself heal from when you've done so much and when you've been so – active and when you've been hustling and grinding so it's just about creating that balance as well yeah and like having just lived in
0: sydney as well like you even see the difference in creature comforts there's such so much more of a rat race in sydney rather than you can't even compare it to new york oh yeah i also lived in sydney for a little bit
1: too guys just to update you
0: and you were like i can like you know you were up early working every morning pretty much like and that i think that making the most and realizing that yeah it's not about missing wasting time and missing opportunities and making the most of everything but it's also like especially if you want the longevity in life and your health absolutely you have to rest and you can't you afford to make the most exactly of and that's
1: how we get sick guys we get sick when we, we when we are overworked and um yeah it's just really about listening to your body if you feel like you absolutely cannot go to the gym like don't badge yourself up for it like just take a day to rest if you don't want to go for a walk and you just want to sit down on the couch just sit down on the couch like mm. you you know your body better than anyone else and it's so, so important to know the cues and know how to listen to your body accordingly.
0: Yeah. So. And I feel like that's probably the trick. Hey, it's like no one can listen to your body and make those decisions but you. Yeah. Because like Gabby's coming from a place, that advice you just gave, that's coming from a place of you and I, well, well I can relate to, but yep. it's your own place. It's your own experience where you know that you if you have the energy you're using it right whereas like someone else who probably chooses the couch and it's like oh it feels uncomfortable to do anything the opposite to you or me is like going to probably be like oh always choose that restful option you know so but it's like that's coming from our place of like making the most of like every single moment and probably like I really struggle to miss a session if I've like committed to it it's like my Wednesday hot yoga And I'm getting my period, I will just like, I'm still really struggling with that masculine side of me
1: to drop into my feminine. I know exactly. uh, Especially like closer to your period when you just feel like binging out, you don't feel like doing anything. Like it's completely normal. And like we've been taught so much otherwise, you know, we've been taught to just doesn't matter how you're feeling, go to school. Go to school at 8am, study all these subjects. Which I honestly don't know how we did it when we were younger. Like, yeah. when we were training after school, like, you would have been going to soccer training after school, hmm. plus, you know, going to school from eight till three.
0: Yeah, we you had early going to training, um, then, or board training or something like that in the ocean, and then after school doing either the same thing, or, like, maybe soccer was on. Like, yeah. it was just constant, but I guess that you're, like, so fresh then. Like, I didn't stretch all if I did that now like now going back to soccer now oh my god having been back to soccer after 12 years off like my body is like what is this yeah I suppose it's because of the break as well but like it's just so you, true you can't, I never stretch I do so much yoga and so much work on myself now and I still could never feel how I felt back then so yeah. I guess you're just so fresh you're just in the stages of fucking yourself up <laughs> yeah that's so yeah. true and probably because we don't have no fear that. and
1: fear is like a huge part of it as well too like when you're younger you just have zero fear factor and then eventually when you get older, you're in your 20s, mid-20s and you start, you know, creating injuries and then you're like, oh my gosh, I actually have to Got a bit of fear back, you know, have to do the stretching. I have to do the work.
0: Yeah, well, you're feeling it. You're feeling the pain and fearful of it constantly coming up, like whatever it may be in whatever form. But, yeah, it's so true. Let's talk about (laughs) the, the, like, yeah, in saying that, let's talk about what we've been up to in our personal lives in the last few years, especially yourself, Gabby. Gabby was well-known in the first season for her dating episode that she could not wait to have with us. Like, (laughs) she's like, okay, the topics I want to do are nutrition and dating and she had learned a lot oh. throughout her days in the New York dating scene but also yeah. returning to the Gold Coast and just absolutely loving those apps.
1: I, yeah <laughs> and, especially like Gold Coast I feel like Gold Coast boys are so different to city boys as well which or Americans I found, you mean just city boys in general like in, in New York where like they're just you know a little bit egotistic on the hustle and the grind, Um, whereas Gold Coast boys are very chill, very relaxed, and it's two totally different ends of the spectrum right there. Um, But, yeah, learnt a lot. But
0: but your main (laughs) – the main thing that Gabby had said was her – what is
1: it, three tiers? Oh, three tiers of dating. Oh, yeah, so (laughs) – And how you meet them. How you meet them. So the first one is economy class, um, which Mm. is, you know, um, your apps like Tinder, Bumble, Hinge and then my next tier which was Business Glass which is like your business apps like Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. um, (laughs) Facebook. If you've ever been hit up on LinkedIn we'd like to know. Yeah I'm still waiting for
0: somebody to come to me with a LinkedIn um, happily married Story. I'll be the celebrant for that one. I'd be happy to tell oh, that story. So funny. I've told a few Tinder stories. Oh, but that's yeah. so funny I've told a lot of platinum stories actually. But a lot
1: of people meet off those dating apps. Anyways, um, yeah, top tier to guys, first class, which Emma and I both now have had achieved oh, that's right. is meeting them <laughs> in person. So meeting your partner in person, not via any dating apps, just purely by faith, you know?
0: Yeah, didn't slide into the DMs, nothing like that, just nope. in person. But Gabby, I was so happy when you had met this person in person. So so that you could claim that it was first class. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Truly great moment.
0: The lucky boy who's been on the scene. So give us an update.
1: Oh, so Matt and I. Um, yeah, he's great. He's literally like me, but just a boy. You know, we love doing the same things together. Love being active. Um, he's a um, engineer slash um, crypto guru slash, um, very um, slash own a PT. PT. A new and up up and coming PT has been coaching me in the gym too, guys. Um, No, it's honestly really great to have someone who is like-minded like you and like a best friend too. So, yeah, it's really nice. Oh, we all absolutely adore Maddie and I'm so glad you
0: guys found each other. But more importantly, I'm glad that you found somebody in first class, baby. (laughs) What else has been, so where are you moving to and let's give the updates on what is happening
1: now. So, guys, I am moving now to Melbourne which is really exciting. Um, I got a call in April. Crazy story, actually. I saw this clairvoyant in January and she explained a lot of things to me and she was like, oh, you know, like you'll be going around Australia. You'll be working all around Australia. And I just assumed she meant um, judging because I travel a lot for judging. It's like, you'll be working, um, you'll be traveling and performing around Australia. You'll move to Melbourne for a bit. In April, you'll receive a call, you'll be really, really excited about it. So since seeing this clairvoyant in January, I was expecting this call, you know, like April's gonna come, I'm gonna receive a call, receive some calls that were kind of exciting, but not really. And then I received this call from a company saying that I had booked a national tour for a musical that is coming in from West End for the Australian tour. So yeah, guys, I'm moving to Melbourne for an Australian tour, so that clairvoyant, predicted something that came true at the same time it's just so weird to think about to be honest I don't know
0: I'm so proud of you like it's the biggest full circle moment and I was like to Gabby we need to get you on here because the fact that you left America and during COVID, your industry was shut down. It was shut down. It was and such a struggle for you to get work here in Australia mm-hmm. and to be full circle and now going on tour and you scored such an amazing gig. We can't actually reveal just yet because which one can't, it is. is it the which musical it is. Is we, that right? Yeah,
1: we can't we can't I can't tell anyone what the musical is until the um, the company announce it. So Yeah. We'll keep you guys updated. That should be like in the next two weeks. It should so be. So yeah, within that. the next two but weeks. But what so is you know. the
0: plan with that? And how did you feel like finally coming full circle? Oh. Like it has been such a journey for you to Honestly. get back on stage. And there was moments where you were going to go back to New York. Yeah. Yeah. You were like set. I was so until set. Until you got in stone. this job, you were set.
1: Yep, I yeah, I really was. Because so I was, was like, is- I was, guys, I had auditioned for several musicals in Australia, got down to the last cut pretty much every single time and was just, you know, never received that call to say that I'd booked the show. So, um yeah it was it was a wild win you know there'd be times after when I would find out that they'd already cast the show and I was just on the ground crying because obviously you put so much time and energy into it you fly to the city to audition you're there for a couple of nights you know like you're spending a lot of money as well money and time mm, and so you just is cut throat and it really is cut throat but you have to have the balls to go back to it again like even just knowing that you are good enough to. To be in a show, like you just have to have that mindset of, okay, this one didn't work out, maybe the next one. Mm. And that's, guys, I'd auditioned for so many shows, so, so many. And then it just happened that, you know, this show was just really the right one for me because ethnicity-wise, I pretty much really fit into this show. Um, I was also the right height for the show too. So it really goes down to what the casting are looking for too. And yeah, it was a brutal, brutal time for the last two years post-COVID. But in the end, I got there, which is you know, my first really big break, which I'm really, really excited for. And it's honestly felt like 10 kilograms have just been lifted off my shoulders and I can just start enjoying life now rather than worrying about work. So yeah, yeah it's
0: and good. How has it felt? Uh, what has your relationship been like? with got heading back into the industry yep. over the past two years. Like I'm assuming there's been waves. Like how has um, it been when you've had these rejections?
1: I've, that's a really great question. Um, to be honest, I I wasn't that familiar with the way the Australian industry was working. So in my head I just thought, you know, I wasn't well enough known in Australia and I don't think I'm ever gonna get there. Whereas like in America, I'd worked my ass off for five years, you know, no really no um Broadway choreographers and directors like know them really well. So created that really great net network with them and just assumed that it would just be so much easier if I was just to go back. But um I don't know it's just like it gets to a point where you just kind of want to prove yourself wrong like Mm. prove yourself that you know like I can do this Mm. so I just keep going um but then also the fact that I moved to Sydney as well just to trial it kind of helped as well which is a really big thing in the Australian um musical industry you know they kind of prefer it if you're either living in Sydney or Melbourne that way you have like that home base that will be playing in either city um And that's something that I did learn by doing auditions and, you know, getting cut at the last minute because most of the people in the shows were from either Melbourne and Sydney. And, you know, I just thought I might as well give it a try. And literally the first show I auditioned for was the show I booked in Sydney and yeah. When you said that
0: you were living in Sydney or when you moved to Sydney. When I moved to
1: Sydney, yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's like not only does it come under height ethnicity these things they are, are out out of control. under location location yeah. yeah add that into the mix exactly. okay yeah. sweet exactly. Like yeah. I'm doomed. Yeah. yeah. I love well, I love that. I and mean, like I feel like this is yeah, your big break. And I think that you were continuously open to pivoting. Like Gabby, for up until now, it's like nothing was really set in stone. Like nothing whenever was. I spoke to yep. you, you're like, okay, back to New York, back to Australia, back to New York, back to Australia. Like yeah, you were exactly. willing to pivot for your career no matter what. Yeah. But also and that's, make the most of every
1: fucking opportunity in between that. Yeah. Time. And that's the thing too. Like, you know, I had a I have a partner who is just fortunately willing enough to just come with me wherever I go like it. And that's also, you know, he's like probably one of my biggest supports as well as my family. Um, And I, or I'm just the kind of person and you really need to be, you really need to put your career ahead of everything else, because if you don't, then you're making sacrifices in places you don't want to.
0: I think with especially given the timeframe, the expiry on, let's say 36 years old you have to prioritize this and also not only that the industry is just like only so many people make it so if you don't make those sacrifices for yourself and for this career exactly you will be sacrificed when it comes down to the car and you don't want to regret
1: anything when you're older as well and that's like a big fear that's actually one of my biggest fears is regretting that I I didn't achieve the goals that I really wanted to um and that I didn't push myself hard enough that's like one of my biggest fears is I don't want to get to 36 for example and regret you know that i didn't try hard enough or that i didn't do the things that i wanted to because i made sacrifices and mm. i mean we all at one stage have to make sacrifices for things because that's just how life goes but you also have to be willing to put in the work and really know how to hustle and grind and put in the effort to make your dreams come true because nothing's really ever easy is it no. yeah
0: and especially with that time frame i'm like this, i just think that you know you you're looking at 36 other people like when I'm on my deathbed my regrets like yeah and everyone's different yeah you've been working for that since you were three yeah exactly you you wanted when you was it nine or something nine yeah
1: that I wanted to move to New York yeah crazy whereas like I'm lucky because like I did know what I wanted to do at such a young age um I think I saw my first Broadway musical when I was like 12 and I was like that's where I want to be that's what I want to do and then just since then I was like heads in still grinding, you know, I mean, of course I've picked up other skills along the way to help, but it's just been ingrained in me since Mm -hmm. I was really young, which I'm like lucky, you know, that I found that passion. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I definitely had no idea what I wanted to do when I was nine. But also like, <laughs> yeah, I feel More, like you, mean you didn't want to study law when you were nine. <laughs> yeah, and then weren't just watching keep it off. halfway through. <laughs> Beautiful. Um. Yeah, I think that like though what I could see is like you doing it for that little girl. Like we were just in child work. Yeah, exactly. Like, your inner child's work, it comes from this place of being like, I think, what I've known and yeah. I've worked for this and like I have sacrificed so much already. Yeah. Why would I not go those extra miles, especially when it came to like, where you're going to live and those little things. Like, Gabby, you were saving so much money to make sure you could get back to New York if that had to be the case for you to get back on stage. And that passion, that desire to never give up on this dream when you have been thrown so many hurdles not only in the last two years but when I used to see you getting rejected I was like this is so heavy like I was like I don't know I got was at the time trying to you know do my broadcast journalism in (laughs) Miami and I was like fuck I get one little bit of criticism and I'm like whoa (laughs) it throws me let alone what you were going through and I was like it just gave me so much respect for you as a performer and not only that like as an athlete because like the athleticism that comes in to what you guys do as well as like the the refined art of getting yeah. up on stage performing and then you've got the like, the memory remembering your lines like there is so much there is to a lot. it there is a I lot. don't believe unless I was in relationship with you that I would have this deep respect for what you guys have done your whole life and then I think uh, I, it made me realize that the industry that when that was happening like whether it was comedians or anyone who was really on the stage during COVID and a lot of other people were like oh can they get over themselves like just go do a Netflix special shut up and it's like no these people were like what they have worked hard for let alone you guys are running around dancing physically it's taking such a toll like I've just got such a deep respect for what goes on there and what you guys have lost and been through in the last two years. I think Sam is is that
1: so sweet. That I'm, so I'm nice. just so glad to
0: see it coming back and I'm so fucking excited to see you on stage oh. like I'm <laughs> so cause. excited like, and this is gonna be going around to so it's gonna go to all of the states yeah, like where so going?
1: it's planned to travel around Australia um for now it's just Sydney and Melbourne guaranteed mm-hmm. um starting in Melbourne for four months and then Sydney for three um but yeah like if you guys depending on what state you're in in Australia if you are in Australia um, come see my show, it'll be announced soon. So yeah. Is this, this the biggest contract you've been given? Because I yeah, feel like you you have been. like
0: eight week ones or Yeah, so
1: in in the USA they tend to have like shorter shows depending on where you are regionally, because back when I was over in the States there was a rule against internationals working. Um, on Broadway, who didn't have a green card? This is just basically a huge, big visa restriction that they had. Um, it's now been dismissed, which is amazing for us. But that's kind of what also prompted my move home and um, made me kickstart my industry here. Um, but it's definitely the biggest musical I will do. Um, I've never done a national tour before. Um, I've just performed in regional shows in the states. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm so excited for
0: you and I feel like this is just such a massive achievement and it's like yeah and I'm so excited like especially given what was happened two years ago like you have just finally come full circle sis and you deserve this more than anyone I know and I feel like the foundations are in place now like you've been able to work over the past two years to make that longevity goal happen as well yeah so you know when you're 36 years old and we're actually going over to Broadway in New York to watch you Uh that's the goal we're saying it right here just like the blue Fest it, Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you put the blue dinosaurs on your vision board, we're going to put this on there as well because anything is possible. Oh, babe, this one's already on the vision board <laughs> since I was that 12-year-old girl. I know. You're going to have this. I'm so excited. And so the another thing you've um, partnered up with and you're working with is Lorna Jane.
1: Yeah. So, so you also have another Dizzy code for I our listeners. We I do have a lovely Dizzy code. This one's a 20% off discount code. Um, we're doing a good partnership for you guys here um Laura jane sent me um some cute little outfits that i will be posting on my gram if you'd like to see otherwise if you'd like to purchase any full priced items you guys will receive 20 percent off the discount code is gabriella 20
0: we will
1: post that on the gram. i'll put it in the show notes yep.
0: everything yeah no worries oh my god i'm so excited well i think the I'm just so proud of you and I've said that amount a million times in this episode but I think that Gabby for me has been able to inspire me and show me that you can take any circumstance you're in and any situation and pivot and use your your skills, your experience, your passions, your desires, your talents and still be able to get to where your goals are no matter what speed bumps happen in between and I think that that's a really big one because a lot of people have felt like they've lost something Thing during COVID um, or just, you know, throughout life, like everyone has some situations that happen, and it's like mm. there's no matter what, you can always lean into what your desires are. Mm. And yeah, I think that you're a huge representation for that. And I'm like, oh, I have thanks. so much mad Star, respect so for you and the Thank performing you. arts industry.
1: And Thank like, you. I'm it's so really excited sweet. to finally see you on stage. And likewise, I'm so excited to see where your journey takes off as well, especially with this podcast. Yeah. She's doing it solo now, guys. <laughs> Bring on new cats, which is so exciting. Solo with a
0: guest always. Otherwise, we don't want to be listening to this girl dribble on and on and on. But <laughs> uh, I will no. be having someone with me. And it's like, yeah, I, I thank you for leaning in. And during 2020, when we'll both a little bit lost but also as we've referred back to so many times like what did we need when we were a
1: teenage girl yeah like, we I needed that like friendly sister advice
0: yeah and just a chat like just, just a good if, chat if you could sort of like be listening in eavesdropping on like two old an older sister and a friend and what they were actually talking about and the real shit about life not oh, so things we wish advice. we learned as well yeah yeah and just like the taboo topic so i think that we came from a place of being like what can we give back to well me personally our little cousins and what would i have needed? at 15 years old and for Gabby to have come along and join me on that journey in season one which you guys can still listen to um yeah it's been amazing and I was definitely I hesitant to start this podcast again because I like listened back to things that I said in season one and I was like oh I just don't agree with some of the stuff that I said then and so yeah, should I, I think- just never do it in podcasts again or like what do I do? And I said, I think this said this to my acupuncturist, shout out Greg. And he and I were like, well, if you still fully
1: agree with everything you said two years ago, have you never really growing? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And your print, your opinions are like forever changing as well
0: yeah so it's like yeah and that's the thing and not to be i feel like attached to them or ashamed by them and i think that in this world of cancel culture it's a big fear to be able to come out and speak on a platform and sort of like say what you believe in because
1: people are not everyone's going to agree with you either yeah
0: and things are getting so sensitive like something i say now might be something that the whole of society disagrees with to the point of like claiming that you could be a part of cancel culture yeah. in two years time and that's something sure. that I think that you just have to be courageous enough and gutsy enough to live with and mm-hmm. stand by and go well you know maybe it's not something I'm going to agree with in a couple of years time maybe it is but
1: yeah and that's yeah. okay
0: still speaking and up okay. you know yeah, exactly. so thank you for holding the space for me in season one and no worries, thank girl. you for letting me hold the space for you today my gorgeous girl thank you so so much for
1: having me it's been a blast what being back on the potty is. I love you. Love you too, girl. (laughs) Goodbye. Thanks, guys. If you made
0: it this far, congratulations. You clearly learnt something, had a little giggle or somewhat enjoyed yourself. So do us a big juicy favor. Share this episode on your Instagram. Tag Sheila's and shenanigans. Then pop on over to Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and an extra delightful review. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, big love to all my party people.